God's people said, Amen. Let's pray now for these tithes and offerings. Father in heaven, we thank you first and foremost for the gift of Christ our Savior. Lord, that you have poured out to us such richness far beyond any earthly gain that we could have. We thank you, though, Lord, for caring for us and giving us according to our daily needs. We pray that you would take back your portion of these gifts, these free offerings, and use them for the glory of your kingdom. We pray that your name would be glorified and that many would know you, our Lord and our Savior. We praise you and thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you very, very much, Warren, for your leadership. We come in our consecutive reading to Mark chapter 11, in which we find our Lord's only destructive miracle. He curses a fig tree, and it withers from the roots. When the disciples call the Lord's attention to it, he says, have faith in God, and encourages them to pray. Are we to go about cursing fig trees? What's going on in this passage? Well, Uh, I would like to call your attention to the way in which Mark weaves together action as he teaches uh, through uh, the the narrative. The, The Lord goes to the temple, and there he finds a great deal of activity, but no fruit. He leaves the city. He goes to the fruit tree. Here is a fruit tree that is full of leaves, but no figs. The tree is cursed. He returns to the temple. It is an illustration of what is going on, of why there is no temple today, indeed why it was in that very generation removed, never to bear fruit again. The Lord was pronouncing his curse not merely upon a tree, but upon a whole system and nation that was no more productive than a barren fig tree, apparently full of activity, but no fruit for God. So you understand the meaning then of the destructive miracle. Let's read from our chapter and bring it. And if anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say, The Lord has need of it, and immediately he will send it here. So they went their way and found the colt tied by the door outside on the street, brought the colt to Jesus and threw their clothes on it, and he sat on it. And many spread their clothes on the road, and others cut down leafy branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then those who went before and those who ever again, and his disciples heard it. So they came to Jerusalem. Then Jesus went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he would not allow anyone to carry wares through the temple. Then he taught, saying to them, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations? But you have made it a den of thieves. And the scribes and the chief priests heard it and sought how they might destroy him. For they feared him, because all the people were astonished at his teaching. When evening had come, he went out of the city. 
Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree to the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things, he says, will be done. He will have whatever he asks. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you have received them and you will have them. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Then they came again to Jerusalem. And as he was walking in the temple, the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders came to him, and they said to him, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority to do these things? But Jesus answered and said to them, I also will ask you one question, then answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, was it from heaven or from men? Answer me. And they reason among themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say, Why then did you not believe him? But if we say from men, they feared the people, for all counted John to have been a prophet indeed. So they answered and said to Jesus, We do not know. And Jesus answered and said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. Well, I'd like to invite uh, Josiah Gilbert to come up to the front and uh, join me here about on my right. Um, my fellow elders also can uh, join me up front as we, on behalf of the congregation, are very glad to be in California here to join us now, you, Josiah, and uh, look forward to many, many more uh, years, Lord willing, of that. So, church, so, Josiah, do you... And do you receive him and trust in him alone for salvation as he is offered in the God? Do you believe the scripture of the Old and New Testaments to be the written word of God, the only perfect rule of faith and practice? And do you now promise in humble reliance upon the guidance of the Holy Spirit that you will endeavor to live as becomes the followers of Christ? Do you promise, with the Lord's help, to be faithful in the performance of your Christian duties, both in private life and in the work of the church? And finally, do you submit yourself, in the spirit of love, to the government and discipline of this church and seek the peace, purity, and prosperity of this congregation, so long as you are a member of it? Well, Josiah, it's our pleasure then to give you that uh, right hand of fellowship again on behalf of the congregation and to uh, welcome you into uh, our, our membership. I'd like to pray for you briefly, if I could then, these brothers here as well. Dear Father in heaven, uh, how joyful it is when we have a new birth into our home. As Warren was speaking later, how much a wonder it is to look into the face of a new child. And yet, Father, we recognize that it is even more wonderful, even more a miracle to see brothers and sisters come to new and eternal life by faith in our Lord Jesus. And to have these added to our family in Christ, we look upon the face of those whom you have given birth to, and 
We delight to see what you have done. We welcome and receive those whom you have set apart and count them as our own, even in so many ways dearer than flesh and blood, for they are to us eternal family in one Father. So we pray that you would bless this son of yours, Josiah, and uh, strengthen, establish him, make his path to be with exceeding joy and present him before you uh, uh, with uh, that uh, exceeding joy, we pray on that last day. Keep him as the apple of your eye. And we pray that we too, as the members of your congregation here, might be a loving encouragement to him in all things pertaining to Christ, in whom we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, bless you, Josiah. Thank you so much for uh, joining us today. We turn in the blue book to Psalm 24 as the king comes to his own. But who is this king who rides forth? Who is this one who approaches, the psalm asks. Oh, who is the king that in glory draws, le- not draws near? The answer is Jehovah, mighty Jehovah of hosts. He is here. This great king of glory to enter draws nigh. Who can he be? Jehovah, God of hosts. Of our worship today. Let's stand together as we sing Psalm 24. We are at a study of Peter's second letter, and if you'd like to turn there with me, we turn to 2 Peter chapter 1 again. If you've not been here for some time, as I see a couple visitors, don't worry, we've hardly moved on at all. (laughs) 
We have very carefully considered the specific ways in which Peter has encouraged our growth as Christians, and we are considering again very carefully those blessings and benefits that uh, come from that growth, uh, namely that we would be fruitful and productive in our knowledge of our Lord Jesus, that we should have spiritual vision and have the memory of Christ's work present to our minds, that being diligent in this way, we will make our calling and election sure, and today that we will never stumble but find an abundant entrance supplied to the kingdom of our Lord. Well, uh, just a brief review then. We, uh, I would like to read to you again from verse 1, and we'll continue down through verse 11. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love, For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us pray together. Our Father, we pray that uh, truly an abundant, uh, an abundant supply uh, would be ours as we seek to walk in your way and to take our place at last at that everlasting kingdom with the words, well done, good and faithful servant. We desire to be faithful and fruitful, learning the lessons of the fig tree that we read about earlier, that we might be a a people that bear the fruit for your kingdom. And so to the glory of your everlasting name, we pray that you would teach us your will and your way, how preservation and perseverance work together For our good and for your glory, we pray it for Christ's sake. Amen. Well, can I lose my salvation? It's an important question, and the answer that the Bible gives is a clear and resounding, emphatic no. 
That same Jesus Christ who on the cross finished his work for us will surely complete his work now in us. He says, I've come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. Indeed, it's the central promise of the new covenant when God pledges himself to be our God. He says, I will put my fear in their hearts so that they will not depart from me. And Jude, therefore, leads us in praise to God, the God who is able to keep you from stumbling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. We've considered these matters, and indeed there are few things as wonderful to know as this, that you are the Lord's now and forever, safe and secure in the arms of your good shepherd. And like all good biblical teaching, it brings us much delight and benefit to know that God is your Father, that the Spirit has given you eternal life, and that Christ has borne your sins away on his cross so that he will never leave you nor forsake you. But did you know that you can know for certain that Jesus Christ is in you, that you are his forever, whether in life or in death, that you are a citizen of heaven, a possessor of eternal life, that your sins have been paid by the very blood of Christ, and that you have passed forevermore from death to life? Did you know that you could know that? Do you know that? When Paul wrote, examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith, he's not sending people on a fool's errand. He's directing them to find the answer, asking them, do you not know yourselves that Christ Jesus is in you. Do you know that? Peter is urging us, frankly commanding us, to be even more diligent to make our call and election sure. And he's taught us that we can be assured. First, he said, by by trusting in these exceedingly great and precious promises which Christ has confirmed to us with his own blood. Second, by maturing us as fruitful Christians, adding these things to our faith in a fruitful way. And, and third, as we'll see at the end of the chapter, by seeking the Spirit in the Scriptures, that Spirit that brings home...